Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I intend this podcast as sort of a Father's Day meditation. And I'm going to do it Stephen Mansfield style. I'm going to talk about presidents. (laughs) I'm going to talk about manhood. And I'm going to talk about fatherhood. And I'm going to talk about getting right with our fathers. You know, I have written uh, on the previous three presidents. I wrote the faith of George W. Bush. I wrote the faith of Barack Obama. And I have just finished a book called Choosing Donald Trump, God, Anger, Hope, and Why Religious Conservatives Supported Him. And all three are reflections on the meanings of these presidents, particularly in light of the factors that influence them and also their faith, of course. And I want to talk to you in this podcast about how their fathers, how the fathers of these men and their relationships with their fathers affected them. And I'm not just doing this as a historical recollection. I'm doing this to urge those of you who are listening, both male and female, by the way, but particularly the males, to think about your own father and to draw the pearls, draw the positives from your relationship with your father uh, and guard against the negatives and become better men and better women. I hope both are listening to this podcast. Uh, George W. Bush was a man who grew up in the shadow of his unbelievably overachieving father. George H.W. Bush, his father, was goodness. Uh, everything that a son would have to to be somewhat intimidated by. He was a Yale graduate. He was a war hero during World War II. He was a uh, downed in the uh, in the Sea of Japan and rescued. So he was a, a war hero who got a lot of attention. He was a baseball star at Yale. Uh, he later became a successful oil man and then became goodness, a congressman, the head of the CIA, vice president, president. Uh, He was a man who was daunting and intimidating and someone that the youngest, younger son and the son who was not very achieving might have to compete with. George uh, W. Bush, the son, uh, did very much live in his father's shadow, did very much compete with his father and resented it, was bitter about it. Uh, There's no question that he uh, did drugs. There's no question he got drunk. There's no question that he he, he opposed his father and resented his father living uh, under his father's hand and under his father's shadow. Uh, In fact, when one famous story that's depicted in the movie W, George W. Bush got drunk and challenged his father to a fist fight. Uh, he was the the, the, tr- the tr- one who troubled his family the most. And you probably know the story. Uh, as time went on, he made peace with his father's influence. Part of that was through a salvation experience, a Christian salvation experience. Uh, part of that was with time. He eventually helped his father run for president and provided a great many uh, valuable services. Helped his father, for, for example, understand and reconcile with the evangelical community that was uh, rising so powerfully, the religious right that would have such a powerful influence upon his father's election. But uh, I think what's most moving is that George W. Bush eventually learned how not to resent his father's success, how not to resent his father's competing example, so to speak, and how to draw the pearls from that experience. Every son has to contend with his father. Even if his father dies before the son is born, even if the father is not present, every son, and I I would say, of course, every daughter, but I understand the male experience better, has to contend with the father's presence or lack thereof. It's a presence in the life, and you have to choose what you can. 
George W. Bush learned eventually to make peace with his father's success, to make peace uh, with his father as a man, but perhaps more importantly, to make peace and to absorb into his life the lessons that his father had to teach by example and by maxim. I would strongly recommend the book 41, which George W. Bush wrote about his father. We won't have George H.W. Bush, the father, around much longer, but this is this book, this book uh, 41 by George W. Bush, the son, uh, gives us all a chance to learn from the father and also to understand how the son, George W. Bush, uh, absorbed the truths from his father's life and made them his own and uh, made a more successful life than he would have known otherwise with them. This is one of the great lessons of being a son, of being a daughter, of having a father, is that you learn eventually to get over your resentments, that you lay down your bitterness, that you lay down your sense of competition, and that you allow the previous generation to launch you to a greater future. This is one of the great arts of living. And I have sat with men. I haven't so much sat with women doing this and I know it's possible, but I've sat with men who didn't even know who their fathers were, but they just knew a few stories. And we together took the positive out of those stories and turned them into a legacy that then propelled my weeping friend forward. Uh, I'm telling you, it can be done. It should be done. And I think that George W. Bush is an example of a man who eventually wrestled his demons and then made peace with his father and then allowed his father's legacy to propel him forward. He may not be your favorite president, but I'm not talking politics right now. I'm just talking about how you allow your father and the generations that come before you to propel you forward. Now, a more difficult experience with the father was had by Barack Obama. And again, I'm not here to play politics in this talk. Barack Obama only saw his father a very few times, uh, hardly knew him, but knew what he hoped, knew what his dreams were. By the way, uh, wrote one of the most magnificent books ever written about the African-American experience, about a boy coming of age, um, about aspirations, about wrestling with an absent father and a difficult mother and uh, grandparents who filled, attempted to fill the gap. I, I highly recommend Barack Obama's dreams for my father. Even if you don't like him as a president, you'll be moved by the language. You'll be moved by the story. Uh, it's very, very powerful. And then, of course, his more political book is The Audacity of Hope, taken from a Jeremiah Wright sermon. I can certainly understand why conservatives wouldn't want to read that book, although it's, um, I think it's a powerful statement of, of Barack Obama's politics and of, of, of sort of left-leaning politics. But Dreams from My Father uh, is a book that everyone ought to read. It's, it's in the top 25 uh, books of I think on recent in recent American literature, I can't recommend it enough. And again, that's not because I agree with Barack Obama and politically, I don't at all. Um, but I but I think that you will discover how he wrestled with his father's hopes. And this is this brings us to another approach. Barack Obama didn't know his father wrestled with that absence, uh, wrestled with the gap in his life, which his mother could not fill, and which his grandfather partially filled, but but couldn't fully. And I think that what's so moving about this, uh, this story that Barack Obama lives out is that he allowed his father's hopes to propel him forward. There's always something you can take. I remember sitting with a young friend of mine um, who had never met his father, but his mother, who, had, who raised him, said that his mother shared just, just one story about his father's generosity. Uh, on a date once. This is this is you know, before they conceived the child, and the father the, the father ran away, 
And so my friend decided to take that one story of generosity and and allow it to become a legacy, allow it to become um, his, his heritage, allow it to become a story that would propel him forward. He obviously, it obviously isn't enough to make a boy whole, but it definitely became a legacy. He became a, a man devoted to generosity. He started foundations. He's become very wealthy. Uh, he has served many people well. He has a fulfilling life with a, with a happy wife and children and um, a life of not just wealth, although he certainly is wealthy, but of doing massive good with his money. And all of that came about, quite frankly, in my living room, um, <laughs> I'm happy to say, uh, where he simply took hold. He reached back into the muck and the mire. He could have doted on abandonment. He could have doted on irresponsible sex. He could have doted on a father who fled. He could have taken it all as rejection, but he decided instead to reach back and grab the one thing he could grab as a legacy from his father. He built on it and it's ennobled his life. Now I'm not, I'm not foolish. I know he had other personality issues and issues stirring in his soul to deal with. He needed other male mentors. He had to find other fathers in his life. And, and I was privileged to help him with all of that. But the one thing he could pull from his father's example became uh, a great legacy uh, that he lived out. And I believe that's what Barack Obama has done. We, we have to, as Americans, be proud of a Barack Obama, um, born in the circumstances he was born in, becoming president of the United States. We have to be proud of a country where that's possible, even if we disagree with his politics. And I've said widely, I've said on international television time and again, that I completely disagree with Barack Obama's politics. Um, however, I'm proud of him as a man. I'm proud of him as an African-American. I'm proud of him uh, as an American. And so... That's, he also models something that we need to know. Now, again, not coming at this from a political perspective, but we should consider the story of Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump also had a father. He was a very successful man in New York real estate, uh, very competitive, very hard-edged, uh, taught his son uh, a great many things about real estate. But it's, it's, it's obvious, too, that he deformed his son. Uh, the father, Donald Trump's father, called Donald Trump king and killer. These were his two favorite names for him. Uh, he taught him how to compete. He taught him how to beat others. He, too, uh, learned the lessons to be taught by Norman Vincent Peale and positive thinking and being a success. He was hard. He was driven. Uh, he was often sued for not treating the poor well. Um, and I believe that rather than drawing positively from his father's legacy, Donald Trump drew competitively. Um, when Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump began his uh, real estate career working for his father, but very quickly went in a different direction and told the press at the time, I don't want to have to compete with my father. I'm going to go a different direction. I believe he went into Manhattan while his father stayed in the outer boroughs. Um, and then, and then, you know, later on, even, even at his father's funeral, uh, Donald Trump gave a talk in which he quite frankly, uh, his entire talk was devoted to how proud his father was of, of him, of Donald Trump. Um, all of this, is indicative of, and again, I'm not being political. You, you know, just a, if you listen to this podcast, you know, just a week or two ago, uh, I was saying positive things about some things that Donald Trump had done in the Middle East on his trip there. So trying to be objective here and not be political. But I think that Donald Trump models uh, one of the negative ways that we can approach uh, the heritage, the legacies, uh, what's passed on from our fathers. 
What I'm trying to say here as we approach Father's Day is that all of us have different stories with our fathers. Some of us had the ideal fathers. Uh, very few of us, I would imagine, in our generation, but still I know, I know many who do. Um, I, I, some of us had more difficult experiences. I had a father who was a war hero and who was home every night on time for dinner and loved his family and I never lacked for a meal or never lacked for a Christmas gift and I was well taken care of. Um, and I, and I love him dearly. I was, he was not very engaged as a father. He was not the kind of guy to sit on the edge of my bed and teach me how to be a man, but you know what? Nobody did that for him either. So there's another uh, example or another way it can go. Uh, I have friends whose fathers beat them and raped them. I have friends whose fathers, um, treated them uh, harshly thinking that was how you make a man. I have friends whose fathers took them to the whorehouse when they turned 16 because they thought that was how you make a man. Uh, there are many different models and many different ways it goes, but writing about presidents that I, as I do, I'm intrigued by these previous three presidents, uh, and I'm aware that they model something. If, if, if nothing else, if we don't like any of them, if we don't want to be political at all, the fact is they model different factors, different ways they, that you can go after um, the legacy left by a father and uh, the ways that we can, if we are willing, can allow God to bring us back around to the positives. I urge you, as you approach this Father's Day, even if your father has passed on as mine has, to look back at what was left to you. It's, a, it's probably a big old mountain, and it's probably got a lot of dung in it. It's probably got a lot of stuff that's not worth things. We, nobody leaves a perfect legacy. But there probably are pearls. There probably are positive things that radiate. Grab those. Wipe off the, 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 the dirt and build on them. Build on the positives. Look, look at the, 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 the good things your, your father said to you. Look at, look at even casual comments. I've often shared on this podcast that during a football game once on a New Year's Eve, a New Year's Day, my father said, I love it when a man improves upon himself. And that became, uh, that became uh, a challenge for me. That became something I wanted to live out. That's a slogan that I quote often. Um, later on, when I went through a very, very tough time, my father said to me, you will continue to rise. Now, some of you who are discerning will realize that he was about achievement and about success, and, and, and that's what you would expect from a high-ranking military officer. But the fact is, these are lessons he taught his son. He wasn't the kind to sit on the edge of the bed and tell me sweet things. He wasn't the kind to put his arm around me and tell me he loved me and he was proud of me. But he embedded truths in my soul. I had to get them. I had to grab them. They weren't, they weren't even directed at me. <laughs> they were said to, uh, for the most part, other people. But they are... They are lessons and blessings from my father. The main lesson is don't let your life be shaped by bitterness and resentment. There's positive that you can take into your life. There's positive that you can walk out. Uh, you, can, you can live out a legacy however casually given to you and however accidentally given to you. Reconcile. If your father's still living, call him, tell him you love him. I remember once in my life, I wrote my father a letter saying, look, I know you're not a very expressive guy, but I want you to know um, how I um, appreciate you and appreciate the good things that you did. You know what was going on behind my ear, behind my eyes, in my brain? I knew my father could never, quote unquote, bless me. So I decided to bless him and to honor him and to esteem him. And he wrote me and said, I've been weeping for quite some time. What a beautiful letter. Thank you. And then he said some very positive things about me. So 
it wasn't like I was trying to wring a blessing or wring positive words from him. I just decided I was going to honor what I could honor of his life. Do that if your father's living. Say what you can say. Be Express love. Express gratitude. Express the positive. I don't care if your father's in prison. Uh, find the one positive thing. Even if you, all, all he's ever done positive was in the last three weeks. Thank him for it. Be positive about it. It will change your soul. It will change your trajectory. It will change the way you take um, a positive sense of heritage, a positive sense of launching from your father's life. And then build on that if you can. It's a precious thing to have a living father. And for those of you who are fathers, happy Father's Day. Love your children well. Love your sons and daughters well. Build in them with your words and your example a palace of love, affection, and motivation for achievement. Being a father is an awesome thing, whether your children are presidents or uh, just people who are living out more common lives. Thank the Lord for the common. Thank the Lord for the daily. Thank the Lord for the daily grind. Uh, That's where real life is lived and real human beings uh, honor God and shape the next generation. Be part of it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Curves. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.